Before the Rings of Power, there were the Silmarils. Before Sauron, there was his master Morgoth. Before Aragorn and Arwen, there was Beren and Luthien. Join us as we explore Tolkien and all the ages of Middle-earth with your hosts from TheOneRing.com, Jonathan Watson and Michael Grumbine. Michael, I think we're finally allowed to say it. We're allowed to say Merry Christmas now that Thanksgiving is over. That's right. The season is here. Hope we held the line. We held the line. Although, I did not listen to any Christmas music until today, which is like four days after Thanksgiving, in fact. In I'm even more hardcore, though, since since there's oh. a liturgical season called Advent that actually happens before Christmas in the older Christian traditions. So, Letter of the law, man. Letter of the Orthodox, law. Orthodox. It's a tradition. <laughs> Orthodox, Eastern Eastern Christians, and Catholics. We, we have uh, Advent, the, the season of awaiting. Christmas is actually the 12 days starting on Christmas, but, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. We'll take your bad with At the good, I guess. you're not listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. That no. causes me to, to throw objects. <laughs> yeah, don't don't break the don't break the camera. We need you. <laughs> That's we right. need you. So, but it is appropriate then that instead of doing our complete list of film changes, which it is nice to get a little break from every once in a while because it is it's a lot to just go through all these film changes. And uh, it's nice to have a change of pace. We thought it would be appropriate to take a little time this year to look at uh, Tolkien's 1936 poem, Noel. Now, you may not be familiar with it because nobody was, in fact, familiar with this poem until the year 2013. Uh, And let me give you, yeah, let me give you a little back history of how this was found. So Tolkien scholars Wayne Hammond and Christina Skull, I believe is how you pronounce it, S-C-U-L-L, uh, they've been researching and pursuing Tolkien's works for for years, for decades. Um, and so, in 2013, they found something that they didn't quite expect. It was in a 19, uh, let's see, uh, February 1936 edition of the Tablet, a Catholic journal. So, you know, give the Catholics their due for having journals that lasted that long from 1936 on till now. Wow, impressive. Uh, they did find that there was a reference to quote a poem or two in the Abingdon Annual of Our Lady School, which is a still active school in Abingdon, in fact, right now. So what they did is they were like, huh, okay, a couple poem or two. And this was, remember, this was before The Hobbit. So they had no, like, nobody knew who Tolkien was at this point. So he just decided to give them a couple poems. Um, and so they asked the school if they had a copy of this annual in their archive. They did not, but they did point them to uh, a group, a convent, I guess, called the Sisters of Mercy at Bermondsey, who did have the issue. Perhaps they knew that they were they would they wow. would keep all the issues. They would send them there. So they found the issue, and first in it they found uh, an early version of a poem called "The Shadow Bride," which, which was in this in this annual was called "The Shadow Man," uh, a poem that was found in the Adventures of Tom Bombadil. Hmm. Uh, but then, surprisingly, they also found this. You know, they said a poem or two. The second poem was the poem "Noel" by Tolkien, um, and we did last year. We did a uh, we did a video version of it with Austin Robertson reading it wonderfully. In fact, it's, it sounds great with a little bit of music and some imagery. Um, and if you look up like Noel Tolkien poem or something like that, pretty much on any search engine, you'll find uh, the link to our page on here. Uh, but if you go to the wondering.com slash Noel, you'll also find it. And um, so in here, we have a little bit there. We have the YouTube video and then we have the entire text of the poem here. Uh, and so we're going to talk about it a little bit. 
Um, and we're going to play it right now. And you can also get it straight. Um, I'll put a link to the video directly in the show notes too. Uh, but you can listen to it uh, right now, right here too. And then we'll talk about it afterwards. Grim was the world, and grey last night. The moon and stars were fled. The hall was dark, without song or light. The fires were fallen dead. The wind in the trees was like to the sea, and over the mountain's teeth it whistled bitter cold and free as a sword leapt from its sheath. The Lord of Snows upreared his head, his mantle long and pale. Upon the bitter blast was spread and hung o'er hill and dale. The world was blind and the boughs were bent. All ways and paths were wild. Then the veil of cloud apart was rent. And here was born a child. The ancient dome of heaven sheer pricked with distant light. A star came shining, white and clear, alone above the night. In the dale of dark, in that hour of birth, one voice, on a sudden, sang, Then all the bells in heaven and earth together at midnight rang. Mary sang in this world below. They heard her song arise. O'er mist and over mountain snow to the walls of paradise. The tongue of many bells was stirred in heaven's towers to ring when the voice of mortal maid was heard that was mother of heaven's king. Glad is the world and fair this night with stars about its head and the hall is filled with laughter and light, and fires are burning red. The bells of paradise now ring with bells of Christendom, and Gloria, Gloria we will sing, that God on earth is come.
Man, Very nice. It's, uh, yeah, we we generally you don't want to hear our voice after listening to that, but um, we'll we'll march on. Uh, but special <laughs> thanks definitely to Austin Robertson who did that. Who you may have heard if you've listened to the Babylon Bee, he does all their voiceovers too. Uh, and you can get to him. Can I say Austin. too, Jonathan? You you did a fantastic job with the visuals on that on the oh, slides. You know the thanks verse by verse visuals. Very nice. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, go to go to austinrobertsonvoice.com if you want to check him out there and uh, and do that. Uh, and in fact, we may have a treat from him again this Christmas season. Another Tolkien Christmas tidbit that will be coming out later this year, which isn't very long if you look at your dates. Um, no, it's, but, it's from one of my favorite Tolkien tidbits, but we won't say any more until, we, uh, until it launches. That's right. Um, so I thought we could take a, a look at the poem. And um, it, it has... If you've read Tolkien's Lays, right, it has the standard A-B, A-B rhyme, like a lot of it does, or not Lays, but a lot of his poetry does. Um, but it also contains, uh, the reason that they knew it was Tolkien was one, well, because they said it was in there, even though it wasn't necessarily said this was by J.R.R. Tolkien, but it had his standard uh, visual imagery, right, Grimm's World and Grey Last Night, and a lot of the alliteration too. So there are the markers of something that Tolkien wrote um throughout this and uh when when it, when they came across it it seems almost like an afterthought to them it's like hey yeah this was a neat poem and it's sort of taken on a life of its own uh and i don't think i really read it until probably four or five years ago because it was I hadn't relaunched the site and i wasn't really involved in much in the world of tolkien at that time uh, unlike the 10 years around the films um but what did you think michael when you first read it when you came across it when you when you uh found oh, it was it was fantastic. That's why I loved it. I so the poem is five stanzas, and the first two are very much until the last line of the second stanza, which was "Then the veil of cloud apart was rent, and here was born a child." Until that line, it it just looks. It sounds like a description of something in Middle Earth. Actually, mm. um, it's a it's a and it's a it's a gray world. It's a it's a grim world. And um, it has those uh, overtones of sort of the Nordic, the Nordic hall, the the um, focus on the harshness of the geography, but also sort of a, a cleanness and harshness. It references the Lord of Snows. You know, uh, can it can be a, a reference to simply a anthropomorphization of of the weather, which is mm -hmm. often the case mm -hmm. in those cultures, but also, um, the Nordic gods. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's very much a, could be a could be a poem from middle earth until the last line of the second stanza. And then it takes a shift and the next two stanzas are very, very Christocentric and, but they're focused on song, which again, there's a Tolkien marker, right? Because when does he not have, I mean, he's writing a poem, but even in his poem, we have people singing. This is our joke in this podcast. Is Tolkien, <laughs> Tolkien can't do a chapter or apparently yeah. even a poem without someone singing. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and, and this is true here, which is um, both Mary sings and then the bells sing. Um, and, and, uh, so, and then the final one um, is the final stanza, which is a, just beautiful. It's a parallel to the first stanza, but instead of the world being grim and gray and the stars fled, the world is glad yeah. and fair and the stars are about its head. And the, instead of the hall being um, dark and without song or light and the fires being dead, the hall is filled with laughter and light and the fires are burning red. 
and so and so you're you've got this this you you catastrophic sort of um, event happening, and then the, mm -hmm. we see this mm -hmm. this happy result. And Tolkien was known for his depth and and um, and and also the sorrows of his world that you know which as many many have reflected you know was a some something of a reflection of his own life too he was a very melancholic sort of soul and um but but i love how this poem this is definitely a poem of hope and it's any ending on a mm -hmm. triumphal triumphal note not it's it's a it's a poem that that curves upward towards towards hope and triumph right and, and, and it has love it. and it has i think speaking of what we talked about it on fairy stories it has the ultimate you catastrophe right right at the end mm. of that second stanza where he writes and here was born a child and that's when everything changes when the unexpected infiltrates our world with joy and with hope um and then i like that you know when he mentions uh, mary sang in this world below right we, we think of or at least i do i think of mary's song or i believe it's called the magnificat right the what she said when uh, she found out that she was going to give birth to the Messiah. And this here now, like he doesn't say what she's saying, but imagine the greater song that she would have sung having given birth just now. I feel like there's there's even more to mm. it that we, that we don't know. And there's like uh, it, her song alone, right? It, like the, the glorious joy of that, that, that pierces the world. It doesn't just pierce the world. It goes to the walls of paradise because uh, the true you catastrophe has come into the world and she has been the, She's the one that was there right when it happened. And so, I mean, can you imagine that kind of feeling, right? As, as believers, we can, we, we get a, a small glimpse maybe of that, but not to the degree that being there that night, being the closest human being to the divine ever, in, in, physically speaking in a way, right? That uh, what her song would have been. I, I think about right. that when I, when I see that line in here. Um, yep. And not just, and not just close. And I'm not even Catholic. Catholic. <laughs> well, well, there are plenty of there are plenty of. Uh, I could read you quotes from John Calvin and Martin Luther about about respect for about Mary. Mary. So yes. there's not no. there, there's not a. I know I'm joking. Be, I'm joking. Don't need to be Catholic, but he does <laughs> he does give the line you know that I love. It says, "When the voice of mortal maid was heard, that was mother of heaven's king." Like she's not just close geographically or you know lo location wise, and and the, so that she hears the message of the angels. She is. The mother of heaven's king. Yes, in right. This, yeah, yeah. In this thing, which yeah. there is no human on earth that has ever been as close physically to Christ as as his mother, and so, yeah. um, and so this is a uh, you know it's just a it's just a, such a powerful poem, and and it and it's carried off you know, and I hate to say this, I almost hate to say this, but I I do like uh, um, critiquing everything as as our <laughs> listeners are want to are to know, but <laughs> to to this to this. Um, you know, this poem is like everything, you know, it's a, it's very, it's a, it's obviously a Christmas poem. It's obviously religious in a certain sense, mm -hmm. but it's, it, it's kind of the opposite of what makes so many Christian movies bad. It's, you know, Tolkien has class when he's singing this, he's singing in a way, like you said, he doesn't tell you the words that she sang. He doesn't yeah. deign to do yeah. that. You no know, scriptures there for that to tell us when appropriate, what the words are. He, but he's stirring in our hearts this idea of her singing as a counterpoint. I love to the Magnificat. Love, yeah, I love yeah. you pointing out that, and yeah. and then the the echo of the world, which is the bells and to the walls of paradise. Mm, and, I like um, that the echo, the echo, yeah. the echo of the world of her own song that that rises rises up with her song, and 
And then now mm. finally the bells in paradise itself, not just the world. So the end, the last, um, you know, there's two sets of bells in the last stanza. The bells of paradise now ring with bells of Christendom. So there's the bells of Christendom here on earth and there's the bells of paradise. Um, and so he's calling to together eternal king, internal kingdom there. And, um, yeah. And so it's just beautiful. It's a it's a wonderful, um, just a wonderful poem. You know, obviously from the heart of a man that was deeply religious, um, but done with the craft that we've come to expect from Tolkien, from someone who can actually write and tell a story and move a heart, um, even about a thing that we've perhaps meditating on quite a bit in our life since Christmas comes every year. And so you know, to to, to have a fresh look at a thing which is, you know, not new to us. In, in that the celebration of Christmas is not new. I just, I love this. I love this. So obviously yeah. we're all, we're also fans of Tolkien. So <laughs> we, it's unlikely that we're going to be too, you know, we're going to, it's going to not strike us. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unique too, in the sense that I think it's the only Christ Christian centric poem or song that Tolkien ever wrote. I don't believe there is a second one. Yeah, I tried of, to yeah. do some research and, and, and folks mentioned that, but I couldn't find the, the facts necessarily to back that up. Certainly he mentions it in some of his writings. Um, you know, obviously he speaks about it and particularly in his letters, right? You would find it. But when it came, came to his creative writing, his, his uh, poetry, his songs, his works, it doesn't, he doesn't write um, from a religious yep centric perspective right not like this is and, my and famously right famous famously mm -hmm. he says he's deliberately left out the religious out of lord of the rings for example Good point. even though yes even though the world yeah. and, well, what was that letter 151 i can't remember but um i don't remember anyway um he's he's he he's deliberate about that but um but like you said so like you said this is a rare treasure in my mind and and it's, yeah. it's and, and it tells you like i, I you can't or i mean can't I, I, anyone, can, you can't take seriously people that would say that, you know, Tolkien's faith wasn't core when you find something like this. I, I mean, like this is, there's no it's way it, it, and it's, he even uses the language that he uses in Lord of the Rings, or, like with yeah. the first two stanzas, for example, and the rest in the, the beauty of the poem. But yeah. So here we see his faith interwoven with his, his craft of, of fantasy narrative. Um, yeah, the, so, really the one time, and it's it's a beautiful thing to have. I'm so grateful that uh, we have scholars who go out finding these things that we'd never know. I know. Uh, what, what I'm kind of envious. Names? That'd, be a, that'd be a job. Christina that'd be really fun. and Wayne Hammond. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, they just, yeah. who knows what else is out there? Hopefully it will eventually be found. But uh, Right, yeah, and it's, it's due to people like that that we... Um, we have a lot of those letters in the in the re-released letters of Tolkien that uh, yeah they keep yeah, finding they keep stirring they keep they looking. keep finding letters and and uh, yeah yeah obviously there's uh, a, an end to them but uh, yeah well. yeah um, so everybody I, I hope you enjoyed this little sidestep into the Christmas season uh, as we you know as as Michael and I believe there is really only one reason for Christmas and it's not really Santa. So um, <laughs> read this poem and figure it out if you can't quite get it. Uh, but yeah, check out the poem. Bookmark it. You know, we, I, I, look, I'm not tooting my own horn, but uh, I, my family loves it. We put it on every Christmas now, which is only the second time, but we'll put it on again. <laughs> um, and uh, we, and will we will have that. that. We will have that additional treat from Austin um, uh, with something else Christmassy from Tolkien, which you can probably guess what it is if you're like, but you don't know which, which thing particularly um but anyway thanks for thank, thanks everybody for joining us hey michael i think i'm going to drop into we weren't going to do a, an extended podcast but i think i'm going to drop into something 
uh, that you won't, won't expect. So we'll, we'll, we'll jump into our extended podcast for our members and hopefully they'll like it. If not, we'll just cut it out. <laughs> I have the power. No, we will wipe we'll it, it from the face. Sounds we'll good. All right. All, All right. right. Goodbye. Freeloaders.